0: All right. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. As always, I'm your host Andy from the aforementioned Pointless Exercise and Decipio and other stuff. Also with us is Sam. From- Hello.
1: From Deadspin, these days, formerly Faxes from UncleDale.com, uh, you can find me at FellsGate on Twitter.
0: Thank you, Sam. My, my door opened just as I was in the middle of my intro. <laughs> and Kyle, since we're introducing ourselves. Hello, everyone. Yep. Kyle, at two
2: 27 on Twitter.
0: All right. So, uh, welcome. So, the uh, The Cubs have played almost a week's worth of games. Um Which, if somehow (laughs) given the given the over under, is getting pretty close to the over, I think. Um, And they are in first place. Somehow, indeed. Well, you know, the starting pitching has been good. The offense has actually been good. They seem Mm -hmm. to be able to catch (laughs) the ball. But there's one part of the team that seems to be lagging.
1: Can I answer this with a question? Of course this this is for the the field both of you if game 7 in 2016 had gone the other way which it easily could have would the condition of this bullpen the past 3 seasons be a fireable offense
0: <laughs> yes okay i mean how <laughs> I, how else couldn't it be i mean it's it's a it's an abject failure i mean they don't have Anything down there to hang their hat on? It's amazing. No.
1: It's amazing. They couldn't find one.
0: That's what's so just absolutely
2: patently absurd. Two hundred and twenty million dollars you guys get, and we can't figure out a bullpen. There, there. I guarantee you, there's a majorly caliber bullpen out there that you can squeeze into two hundred and twenty million dollar payroll.
1: I in and this, I mean, it's it's fun and it's a, it's rewarding to blame the ownership for this one, but. You can't – they're not completely to blame. I mean, you no. need to be able to bring up guys through your system and find find the failed starter or two who just become a great reliever, your Archie Bradley, and fashion a bullpen. I mean, with this starting staff, you only really need, like, three guys, maybe four, you know, and, uh, and they don't have one. They don't have one. And I was reading Joe Sheehan this week, and I'm not sure he's completely correct, but I do agree that – had Joe Madden not been so closer centric, you probably wouldn't have had to sign Craig Kimbrell, who's only added to this disaster. Uh, you could have tried to come up with a different solution, a rotation of guys, but you couldn't do that with the manager in place. And now you have nothing. I mean, you literally have you have Dwayne Underwood, right? And even he's given up a home run. Yeah. Um. So it's really stunning how ten years almost right they took over in 2011. And they and and they haven't produced one reliever. I mean, I guess you could argue Hector Rondon, but he's been gone for a while now. Um, yeah, it is it is just stunning. And Especially- it, and, and but I'm sorry, Kyle. And uh, and 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 really, like it's not even like you see guys and you go, oh, this guy's got stuff, except for my guy, <laughs> and he just doesn't know how to pitch. Like they bring up guys and they they don't even have stuff no. Like they don't throw hard. They have an okay breaking pitch. I mean, Rowan Wick, like, he throws kind of hard and his curveball's kind of good, but you don't, you wouldn't look at those pitches and go, oh, that's an out pitch, you know? Like,
2: it's a bunch of guys that throw 91 with now apparently zero command, but it's just, it's perplexing too that they haven't even, like, they should have stumbled into a guy or two, like, purely by accident at this point, and they haven't.
1: (laughs) Right. You think (laughs) they would have fallen on a reliever, like just fell down and like, Oh, Hey, look at this guy. And they can't do it.
0: Well, and if you look most teams, the, the bulk, maybe not the best part of their bullpen, but the bulk of their bullpen is made up of guys. They drafted to be starters who couldn't develop the third pitch or whatever. And they become important. Maybe not end of the game relievers, but guys who get big outs for you. And not only have the Cubs failed to produce starting pitchers, Those starters have failed so spectacularly they can't even be used in the bullpen.
1: Right, like Dwayne Underwood was a failed starter. Like after like five years, like you're supposed to figure this out like after a year or two. Like you know what, this guy's just not going to get a third pitch. He's not going to get through a lineup twice. He's a reliever now. Uh, the other the other Dwayne Underwood, James Norwood. (laughs) Uh, say he was like a starter forever, right? Like he, um. You just go down the list, and it's like they just—they haven't had any plan. There isn't they, and now they're like, "Well, our pitching lab will fix it all." Like, will it? I, you know, and they're like, "Well, we—we we found this Brad Wick guy. He gets one outing. Like, well, you're going on the DL with suck." Um, I—it's because none of this season counts or is real in any way. But you kind of look at how they've started the rest of the team, and you're like, you know what, they. They could actually be pretty good. Yes. And and you know, it's only six games so the offense could go in the tank at any point. Well, but... and
0: especially given what the rest of the division looks like. Right. You know, if they merely had competence in the bullpen, you'd feel really confident in them. But they don't. I mean, what lead is safe? There isn't one. The eight run lead was just enough.
2: Yeah, apparently, apparently, seven or eight one or
0: whatever it was. That was just (laughs) enough. Yeah, and that's a a game. That's a game. Clearly, they lose if the um, if Mustakis and Senzel aren't on double secret COVID probation. (laughs) Neither one of them failed a test, but they both had symptoms, so they were sitting out. Um, which pissed them both off to the point where they just were coming back the next day regardless.
2: Right, they were just
1: going to show up. <clears throat> God help me, I'm actually going to go look at this roster of bullpen, and I, I feel like I'm going to go blind if I do it. But yeah, it's it's just so startling. I don't, I don't understand how a front office that is generally pretty smart yeah. can whiff so hard this for years now I mean this is this is yeah, this d- is not like a one year like oh we're resetting we lost some guys you know and the budget was a little straight I mean this is three years of this you shouldn't miss Pedrotro this much
0: any pitching evaluation system can have a bad decade
1: <laughs> <laughs> clearly
0: and what has the vaunted pitch lab actually found? Anyway, we I, we were quick to know. just chalk it up to well they found the wicks, but did they? I mean Rowan at, Rowan at least had somewhat of a representative. He had a half season where he was pretty good, but Brad pitched ten innings. So oh, man.
1: look at look at this look at this I mean, like I mean they they are they they have castoffs from bad teams, like Rex Brothers is was of a bad team. Ryan Tapera off a bad team. Dan Winkler was he even on a team? I don't know. Like I don't I don't know where he came from and I don't care.
0: Well, and Brothers, it Deshaze was being as critical, overtly critical as he is. He's good at getting his point across without sounding like he's just ragging. But he's a skill. He talked about how he, the one good year Brothers had in Colorado. Well, maybe he actually had two but no only one where he pitched any amount of innings um he had a he had a 1.74 era but he walked 36 guys in 67 innings that's bad, <laughs> Is that bad? and basically <laughs> basically what Jim, what Deshaze was saying was it's amazing that even with all those walks he had that low era well a lot of that comes up to then whoever came in after him it didn't let his runners score Right. Because clearly he had to get yanked if he's going to be walking a bunch of guys at Coors. Right. <laughs> and that was 7 years ago. It's not this is not recent success.
1: I yeah, I it's it is startling now we're going to start to see the shuffle, right? We're going to see Adbert up here. I would guess soon.
2: Well, their first big move for Maple say was uh, Colin Ray, who I didn't realize he hasn't pitched in the bigs in five, four years.
0: Okay, yeah, so that's really encouraging. <laughs> yep, yeah. I'm gonna get really excited about that. Hey, he throws in the uh, upper seventies, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're like, just throw strikes. It's like, okay, well, that's not, that's, that's not good that's enough. Not if, enough. If yeah, right. Like slow and straight as a strike is not really gonna help. It's gonna no, speed that's... things along. <laughs> He's only going to take one pitch to give up, you know, base runners instead of four. But, <sighs> yeah, it's, I mean, just... It's, it's
1: just so... And then I saw today people like, well, we could... Quintana could come back and pitch up the pen. That, that doesn't solve anything. No. I mean, Quintana's a good starting pitcher, and that's where I want him. But he doesn't throw that hard. No. I mean, guess for a lefty, he throws so, kind of hard. But the, that's not where you want him.
0: The move there is one that I just can't imagine they make is when katana comes back assuming chatwood is pitching yes if he comes back and if chatwood is pitching well which those two big ifs chatwood's the guy that should go to the bullpen and And it shouldn't be right and it shouldn't be oh you know he should be pitching more often then you should be getting more out of him out of the bullpen but you got to have somebody with some stuff and moving alec mills down there that's just not really going to help no, no. Like, and like
1: would might take it personally, but if you explain it to him correctly, i mean, like, look, we need you to come basically be Josh Hader for us. You're going to come in the sixth inning, fifth inning, eighth inning when we think we need you, and you're going to throw seven to nine innings a week instead of five.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if I were Ross, that conversation goes like this. Are you upset? Yes. Well, you know what? We're pretty upset that we've paid you a shitload of money and you've sucked. But we've kept paying you. So <laughs> right. how about you go to the bullpen and actually earn some of the fucking money? Well, this is what we've I mean, about we The talked end to, of the conversation. We've been,
1: we've been talking about this all winter. Was that they needed to use Chatwood mm-hmm. and Adbert and maybe one other creatively yes. and try and minimize the amount of innings that some goof is going to have to throw, and it's the only way they can do it. Um, but I don't know if they see it that way. Um, I don't even know why Adbert's in South Bend at all.
0: Him or him or Braylon Marquez. If you just unless
1: unless they're so afraid he'll get hurt again, like they want to be sure he gets the requisite amount of work before they even toss him in a game. But like, you know,
0: it seems how much, like how with, much is that? It seems like with an eleven-man bullpen to start the season, you could have easily managed somebody's workload and at least tried it. You know, it's not like, oh crap! You know, he's we've only got three guys available today. If starter gets knocked out early, Adbert's going to have to go multiple innings. He's supposed to. <laughs> you weren't going to be in that situation, right? and You should be using him that way anyway. But if that was your fear, well, what's the fear? It's like, oh, you know what? Um, we got to give we got to give Rex Brothers some more shots because <laughs> yeah, right. he throws gotta, hard. You know, gotta well, be <laughs> gotta
1: be fair to Holly, dude. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like that world. I don't want to say, oh, just that World Series. It's the defining moment of all our lives. But you know, the, this this Theo's job would be under threat due to the state of this bullpen in the past three years. And it's that it's that simple. I mean, this is just beyond ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Or would had the had they not rallied after the rain delay? Would would they still be pumping money in, chasing the one title, so then they could get cheap?
1: Right. Well, maybe
0: they'd be throwing more money at it. Although, given the, I mean that that doesn't seem to matter when they build their bullpens. No, they can spend a lot of money on guys who can't get anybody out. Just like they can can spend small amounts of money on guys who can't get anybody
1: out. Uh, Yeah, I don't think them throwing money at the problem of the bullpen has helped anything. I mean, they're two they're big size. I but mean, Kimbrel and Brendan Morrow, one couldn't stand up, and one might as well not stand up.
0: Yeah. One was every bit as good as they thought he would be, but also every bit as injured as everyone <laughs> assumed he would be. <laughs> right. It's like, he'd never been able to get through a whole season, the Dodgers got him through one, pitched him in almost every single playoff game. <laughs>
1: Pitched him all the way to the end of October.
0: And didn't even try to re-sign him, even though he was awesome for them. Because they're like, okay, we know your arm is in a heap in our bullpen. You left it there. Thank you. (laughs) Go get paid by somebody else. Congratulations. Right. And So that
1: worked out so well, the Cubs did it again. They found Greg Kimbrell, who pitched all the way to the end of October the next year, clearly was lagging at the end of it. And they're like, well, maybe this time.
0: Was it a bad sign that... When it came time to get the final three outs of the World Series, the Red Sox went to one of their starting pitchers instead of their closing.
1: I feel like that was an indication. Yeah.
0: And then made no effort to bring him back. None. And really nobody did. Uh, so well here's now here's the question.
1: Kyle, I'm just gonna address this to you. Alright. And then and then, you know, Andy can chip in if he wants. Are you actually going to give up any assets to get to trade for bullpen help in this stupid season?
2: No, oh, absolutely not. You right. Yeah, right. Like, unless it's like unless it's like Zack Short for like a middle reliever who like throws hard and has a nice frame or something. Right. Like
0: the the I'm, only way you could do it would be for a guy mm-hmm. who's got multiple years left. All and right. then who's trading those guys if they're really worth the shit? Because yeah, you you could swing a trade and be, everybody could be like, "Ooh, that's a great trade." And then the very next day, they're like, "All right, well, baseball season's over." <laughs> right, <laughs> Congratulations, Cubs! You made a nice move. Um, maybe you can resign that guy as a free agent because season's over. Season's over. Everybody's everybody go, going home. Oh.
2: Well, no, no, no. I Can't resign him because cause they don't have any money right. anymore.
1: Well, that'd be no. like, well,
0: I don't know. <laughs> right. Oops.
1: They still have. They still have to trade Quintana to get under their luxury tax, right? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's all, in the words of John Fox, it's all a problem.
0: But I did, so we've seen two pretty amazing relief appearances so far. Uh-huh, here it comes. Kind of like bookends. So the, I knew it was, I knew it was trouble when, with a big lead on Sunday, Ross didn't try to get an inning for Kimbrell. And I'm sure that if he had to defend it'd be like, well, you know, what if we've got what if we got three close games in a row and we gotta pitch him all the three games? It's like, you no, know, you were afraid to put him out there and everybody see how terrible he is. So then on Monday, the the seven nothing lead is then eight one, then eight three, then eight five and in he comes and he did get an out. He got one. He walked four guys Hit two and threw hit a wild one. pitch. Hit I one and threw hit a wild one. pitch. Yeah, and not for lack of trying that he only hit
1: one. <laughs> right, he really wanted it more.
0: And then it wasn't just that you're sitting there watching this, and the lead is shrinking, and Jeffress, who is no great shakes, is hurriedly warming up in the bullpen, but it had already been up once, so it shouldn't have taken him too long. And Ross is sitting there just making sure that when he has to change pitchers, that he puts the other guy in the most impossible situation that he <laughs> that he absolutely could. Because Kimbrell faced uh, like three hitters more than we wanted him to, but certainly one more than made any sense. Right. And then he finally goes out to get him. Uh, it was amazing. And the... I mean, I guess if you're looking for a positive, he was throwing, I'm not, he thank was you. throwing, uh, this is a positive, but it's a strained positive. I think I'm like Brad Wick now. I'm going to have to go on the disabled list. <laughs> he was throwing harder than we typically saw him last year. He was consistently 97, 96 with his fastball, but the butt is large. Maybe not his butt. That's more like Josh Fickley's butt. Um, <laughs> It was... It was more than max effort. It was such effort that it was a big reason why he was yanking everything into the left-handed batter's box. It clearly was not. I can throw 96 and 97 when I want. It's I'm at the carnival and I'm trying to win a teddy bear for the fastest pitch. And here <laughs> it is, over and over and over again. And the breaking ball looked like it had, you know, like it was moving. He's never been able to throw that for strike ever. No. In fact, it's not even the purpose of it. The purpose of it is is that he starts it high and it's in the hitter's eyes and they're like "Ooh, ooh you know and they swing and miss at it but some point in the last 3 years at least they've all learned just don't swing at that just watch it bounce every freaking time
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean he's he could be effective if he had pinpoint location but he does not
0: and he's never really had that that's but never been never his had, thing He's never had to No he's had overwhelming stuff and it's like here it comes and you better try to hit the ball early because I'm going to strike your ass out. Instead, now it's, if you don't swing, I can't get you out.
1: Maybe that's the problem for the Cubs because they can't produce anyone with overwhelming stuff. When they see someone who used to have overwhelming (laughs) stuff, they just get so blown away that they don't realize that overwhelming stuff has a
0: short shelf life.
2: And that's how you end up with Brandon Morrow for two years and twenty whatever million dollars and, and forty appearances
0: <laughs> or whatever it was. Yep, yeah, and it was and it was Joe's fault that he broke him because he pitched him three days in a row, even though as we talked right. about last year, one of those days he threw two pitches.
1: <laughs> <sighs> it's uh It's something.
0: So it's then really something. was still fresh off the Kimbrel excellence. Dylan Maples came in last night your boy <laughs> my guy and immediately walked the first hitter on four pitches none of which were in the same area code as the batter <laughs> then on five pitches walked the next guy ended up hey, not, hey, not not retiring better. a soul walking four now chris bryant did make an error on a ball hit right at him but i at, i even said at the time i could not i i could not blame chris cuz there was no expectation on anybody in the field that anybody was going to bother to swing at any of those pitches. (laughs) I mean, Bryant basically had his glove on his head and was (laughs) looking at dandelions and the ball zipped right through him. All right. And alas, the Dylan Maples experience is at least on hiatus, but for yet another year, you could catch it in South Bend. If you go to whatever that park is and stand on top of your car and peer over the fence while they're working out. Yeah, I don't, actually, I, don't think
1: they let, I don't think they let you go and just look.
0: Actually, I would guess if you just stand in the parking lot, um, Dylan will throw you a ball or six. <laughs> Not on purpose, but they'll end up out there.
1: Well, well, as I said to you in our pre-show meeting, I didn't see his outing last night because I'd given up before then, so to me it didn't happen. Um, I'll tell you why Dylan Maples remains my guy, is because he's the only one with stuff. Now it's not going in any particular direction you wanted to, but he's got stuff, and I—you th- I, would think after this long a time he would learn to locate even a little bit.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they've already gotten—if they've gotten desperate enough with him, I'm sure they have—that they've done the whole Rick Vaughn to send him to get an eye test, <laughs> perhaps check to see if maybe he's left-handed. They won't put
1: him in the pitching lab because they're afraid he'll break it.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, right. The equipment is too expensive <laughs> yeah, right. to risk. It. We
1: can't we can't have Dylan Maples in here hey, because he will hit everything. We've
0: still got four payments on the Rep Soto machine. So we can't <laughs> possibly let Dylan throw a ball anywhere near it.
1: Uh, yeah, well this is this is all uplifting. Um
0: it's amazing. So we're, bit, we're sitting here bitching about it and other than the bullpen, they've actually looked good. Like the first well, whether, six the first well, six innings Chris of games have been like, Wow. This the Cubs are actually good.
1: Other the than pr- Chris Bryant, who's looked terrible. He's looked
0: awful. Yes. Well, he uh, looked he looked good in the first game. He had in a tough luck. He actually ripped the ball like three times. He thought, All right, he, he's he right getting, on it. And then he's getting good at bats and but then yeah. and then nothing. Until last night when he actually looked fairly good again, his last two at bats.
1: Yeah, no, the I think these seven inning doubleheaders will be great for the Cubs.
0: Yes. They should play as many
1: of those as they possibly can.
0: Yeah, and I was not kidding when I suggested to Ken Rosenthal on Twitter, which I'm sure he, you know, he. Oh, ooh, Andy tweeted me. I'm gonna <laughs> read that. Um, for expediency, nine one-inning games every day. Just <laughs> knock them out. Cubs win six of those, no problem. <laughs> Easy. They get, they get outscored on aggregate, but that doesn't matter. This isn't. This isn't you know a World Cup qualifier. It's fine. Just take your six wins. And go home.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, their game today has been postponed, so there's a seven-inning doubleheader. There, that's two wins, you know. Um, so they should just – they should try and, like, do a rain dance and play as many of these seven-inning doubleheaders as they can because that
0: that would be good for them. Well, Commissioner Todd Manford has said <laughs> – <laughs> Hey, I've seen it both ways. Um he has said that they don't. They know that not every team is going to play sixty games. Uh-huh. So here are the Cubs, four and two. That's a six sixty seven winning percentage. Start flunking COVID tests, even if you have to fake them. You're in the playoffs. Just ride it out. You just have to make it to the end of September. And like, oh, I don't know. Oh, the guys are all feeling like crap again. Uh, I, I, we don't want to risk it. Uh, you, you guys haven't played
1: for six weeks. Six, six, well, you know. What can we say?
0: We're being, we, we're being careful. We were ready to play, but you know, Figley looks. He doesn't. He looks a little peakish. We don't want. We don't want to risk it. He's at, I, his obesity. He's at high risk, so we don't want to. I, I think it's a
1: brilliant plan, honestly.
0: Yeah, if somebody poke a hole in that. You can't. <laughs> and think how rested everybody will be for your playoffs. Right? The Dodgers will be exhausted.
1: You can. You especially can throw everything.
0: Especially if the Dodgers keep playing. 14 inning, extra inning games, which aren't supposed to happen.
1: Right. The, the idea was that this wasn't going to happen anymore. You can throw everyone 200 pitches after six weeks off of just working out.
0: I was amazed. I watched that game last night, and I was amazed because neither the Astros or the Dodgers bothered to try to advance the runner a second ever. It was put a runner on second, everybody's going to try to hit a home run. They didn't, care. Yeah. they didn't care. But I was amazed because Dusty's there. And, and Dusty is—he likes to send a guy up to waste an out. I thought for sure they'd be bunting, but he's like—he's even like, screw it, just hit a home run. Let's get the hell out of here. Well, then,
1: I, I i hate to be the the bearer of this, but uh, you know, the, the days of Dusty being behind the times are are kind of gone. He, he's sort of with it these days. I mean, not—he's not the most analytical or sabermetric guy, but he—he sort of gets it now. So that's why he he wasn't bunting.
0: Well, he put the junior on his back of his jersey, so you know he's with it. Okay, he is Baker Junior now, huh?
1: I did not realize he was a junior.
0: Yes, Johnny B. Baker Junior.
1: Johnny B. Baker. Well, yeah, he Jr. used to I'm, talk.
0: He used to talk about his dad all the time. Of course, uh, he talked about him enough. You thought that his dad was Miles Davis, but still, right? You get the two confused after you listen to him for a while. But anyway, okay. So um, before we get to a couple other things I want to bitch about, I want to try out a new segment. Been looking forward to this. I can't promise that it will be a regular segment, but uh, I'm sure it'll happen more than once. So uh, I didn't write a jingle or anything. <clears throat> Maybe oh, send, no. one of our listeners could send one in. Um, the segment is called "Is This Joke Too Mean?" So this is there's a variation on this joke I have written for the newsletter once and got ready to tweet it twice. Decided both times it was too mean. Even for me. Even for you. Yes. So, I want I'm going to try it on you guys. Figure it's safe on the podcast. <clears throat> and it's about Ryan Dempster.
1: Oh god. Oh god.
0: So, if Ryan Dempster is going to branch out and add new impressions of great Cubs broadcasters to his act. How about he start with Jack Quinlan? and reenact the car accident that killed him in spring training 1965. Too mean? Maybe a touch. <laughs> Maybe just a just hair. <laughs> I, I kind of feared that it was too mean. But I, I wrote a follow-up to it then. Of course you did. Which is not mean. And it's, if Dempster's impression of Quinlan is as accurate as the one he does of Harry, he'll accidentally win the Indianapolis 500. Because he's in, he's driving. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. See, because he's he's way off with the impression. Yeah, oh, I'll
2: I'll, I'll greenlight that one.
0: I'll yeah I'll go <laughs> ahead
1: and green light that one because I don't want you to have to go without anything here. But goodness me.
0: Oh no no I'm you know I, if it's too mean I'm not gonna. No 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 I, I, I I'm not here
1: it's... to I'm not here to yuck your yum uh, but. Uh, that's uh, that's hardcore, Andy. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: Yeah, That's why I deleted it three times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's nice to know you still have a semblance of a soul.
0: Yeah, there's some there. Okay, so now I want to talk about... Um, I don't know how I didn't know this, because it's not like Dave Ross didn't use him in spring training, and I watched some of those games, and then he was using him in the practice game, whatever they call those things. But it wasn't until last night that I actually realized that Josh Fegley, he's a Major League Baseball catcher, at least purportedly, can't squat. He actually (sighs) rests on one knee like an eight-year-old in Little League. I was (laughs) shocked and amazed. Does he do that with runners on base? Yes, he does it all the time. He can't not do it. I think he would just tip over. I'm sure it's not because he's, got a big ass, which he does. I'm sure he has bad knees from years of being a catcher, but it just seems like if you get to that point, you're maybe not a big league catcher
1: anymore. You're not a catcher, really.
0: And that was, I mean, it wasn't really part of um, Dylan Maple's problem, but it didn't help that the catcher really couldn't reach to either side and block anything because he was squatting there like a tripod behind him. <laughs> does either one of you know that he did that? Uh, yeah.
1: I, I could not claim to be up to date on Josh Begley's
0: career. And I took yeah. multiple pictures of it, and every time I did, it looked like it, people would look at it and go, well, "Yeah, well, he's just he's getting ready to squat." No, he's not. That's the pitch is in the air and he's still on one knee. I've never seen it. It's amazing. Like Well,
1: I, I've seen guys with no one on base, they kind of do the Tony Pena.
0: Yeah, they do that for, They do that to try to get extra low. He does that so that he can get up again ever. <laughs> and that, I mean, give him a stick back there, something, so he can push himself back to his feet to throw the ball back. I wasn't ready for that. No, apparently not. I uh, <laughs> thought I'd seen everything. I mean, the Cubs have had some doozies of backup catchers. And I know every team does because there aren't enough catchers. So everybody, most teams' backups are terrible. It does not make any sense to me that the Cubs are carrying a third catcher. One of the one of the advantages of having two good ones, like they do, is that you don't have to then carry a crap backup catcher. But they're going to do it by choice, which is amazing. Um, but I've never seen any but anything like that. So I think I'm. Not going to be able to not talk about it for months.
1: Well, I don't think you're going to see Josh Fegley much, so I, I, I don't know that it's going to bother you that I th- much. I think that
0: we are. Not. I think because we've got a third catcher for a manager, we're going to have three catchers. <sighs> he sees the value in it because he was supposedly the value.
1: <laughs> I am the danger. Yes. He's like having another coach on the
0: field. Yeah. That's why you don't give the coaches gloves. <laughs> or bats. Um,
1: well, if if a month from now, and they're still playing baseball, and Josh Fegley's lack of crouching ability is one of the things you have to bitch about, I think we'll be in a good yeah. spot.
0: I mean, yes. And it should be that he doesn't really ever have to play. Yeah. You know, that's... I don't know why you you would willingly waste a roster spot, but it's just my fear that if you give Dave Ross his wish of a third catcher, he's going to play three
1: catches. I yeah. I have some marquee thoughts. Oh, good,
0: good. I love marquee thoughts.
1: <laughs> so it, we did find out that they are making Let and JD wear shirts and ties. Yes, even when they're not at the park,
0: they're always at- they're always at Wrigley, even if the Cubs aren't.
1: Right. Which, you know, kind of sucks for them. I mean, they have to go there every day.
0: Yeah,
1: Like, that that would get old. So I don't know why that is. I mean, it feels like just a dress code you you, you enforce because you don't know what else to do. Like you, you want to assert, assert your authority and make it sound like you know what you're doing and you know how to program a television station, so you institute this dress code because it sounds official. Um, why is there a sideline reporter there? Why does she get to travel? And what is she providing because she gets the travel?
0: She is supposed to be their reporter. Okay. She's supposed to be there to um, be able to give the context that they can't because they're not there. The problem is she's unable to do it because she's bad. <laughs> she was bad in Colorado, and she's bad here. And, in fact, she thinks she's still in Colorado because that's pretty much all she ever talks about right the Rockies. In fact, she was even tweeting last a couple of days ago to Rockies fans about the Rockies. It's like, all right, if you go back, you can go back there, it'll be fine. We don't it, we understand. <sighs> yes, and I've got I, I I know people who are who are traveling with the team who have been let's just say less than enamored with her willingness to work. Um, well now I suffer from that as well like one of them who saw that about 20 minutes before the start of a game her press credential still had not been picked up
1: like still on the table there or whatever yes oh man
0: and then I it was pretty noticeable the night of the rain delay that by the third inning she was not ever on the air like almost like she's like I've been here for 4 hours. I'm going home. <laughs> it's like that's how it works. Uh
1: Okay, and then and then they they bring in Ryan Dempster for 3 innings. Ugh. Because why? I don't understand why they have to have the rotating guest of the night for 3 innings. You have one of the best play-by you have the best announcing crews in the in the league like People love Lennon JD. They have a yes. natural rapport. They're entertaining. They seem to be friends. Yep. Even bad games they make worthwhile. So why are you adding some... Like, Comcast did this too, because they would have Doug Glanville occasionally sit in for a few weeks. But Doug Glanville's got a lot of thoughts. He has things to say. And they didn't do it every game, so I didn't mind that much. Dempster doesn't have anything to say. Is Dempster your goof... Or is he an analyst? Because he can't be both. He's either your zany, hey, waka-waka guy, which is what he wants to be, yep. or he's another additional analyst, but then
0: he can't be both. And I would be anti-it regardless. But the fact that all you're doing is adding another pitcher makes no sense. Right. It's not like with Glanville when you got – you, Glanville and if Deshaies, if they wanted, could talk about the opposite sides of the coin. You know, what's the hitter thinking about here? What's the pitcher thinking about here? You've already got a very good analyst who's a pitcher. So Dempster is literally not going to bring up anything new uh-huh. or anything Jim hasn't already thought of. Most of the things he's going to say are things Deshaies thought of and discarded as being, well, that's banal. We don't even talk about that. But here's Ryan to talk about it. So he doesn't even he doesn't even add a different perspective. There's no reason for him other than the fact that Crane thinks he's a talent and has forever. And, and I had a
2: good question raised to me the other night. Is there a single Cubs fan out there who is excited that Dempster is this involved in the booth and who do we think those people are?
1: <laughs> um yeah, I'm 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 sure of it. Uh because there's always they're all the people who are really excited about his interview with Eddie Vedder. Uh, so it's all the people who drink outside Wrigley regularly. yeah. Like who think Ryan Dempster is the funniest person they've ever heard. Um, because he keeps telling you how funny he is. And if you tell people how funny you are long enough, dumb people will believe it.
0: And, I mean, it, there's been a lot of parts of Marquee that have just been an abject failure so far. But how about the roster of post-game analysts they've trotted out for the for what you would think would be, like, hey, this is the first week. And as they proved with Carlos Pena, for some reason, you don't even need to be in town to do it. <laughs> right. So how is it that so far all we've seen has been Dempster, the electric personality of Sean Marshall, and I Carlos Luke, Pena?
1: I saw Lou from his pool floaty floating chair was, nah. was
0: brought in nah. <laughs> was, he, was he doing the thing like he did in the ken griffey jr documentary where he he wasn't wearing pants <laughs> uh
1: i don't it was it was sitting, only laptop cam, cameras we're going to cross-legged
0: laptop. on a chair with a pair of white shorts on it's like um do <laughs> you want to put some pants on nope i'm good let's roll all right great yeah on the uh and then they did that two hour pregame before the opener where they clearly had, like, eight minutes worth of actual content. One of the segments they did was they had Lou read some of his famous quotes as a Cub. And it was just as terrible as you would think it was. And it's like, whose freaking idea was that? And why aren't you fired?
1: You know what I'm curious about is why they just didn't do their own Chicago sports night, like, at 10 o'clock or whatever. I mean, there's nothing... Precluding them from covering other Chicago teams.
0: No, and they need to because they don't. And they need
1: to because they, don't they don't have don't enough have, content. Because like on their ticker, they run scores from other leagues. Yeah. Like they have that ticker, and it will tell you the Hawks are starting again this week, and the Bears. You know, uh, uh, the uh, I forget who opted out this week. Uh, his name escapes me. Eddie Goldman. So Eddie Goldman. So you could have like your own, you know, one hour. Chicago wrap up and then program. There's no there's no rule that says you can't have your own Bears show.
0: No, they and I, I would have, I would have been stunned a year ago if he said they weren't going to do that because it doesn't make any sense not to do it. They're they're basically ceding all that territory back to um, NBC Sports Chicago, whatever it's called. Right. Um. And they don't have the. The, just the sheer lack of imagination, creativity. There, honestly, the most the most creative thing they did was when they um, decided to call. They decided to spell keys to the game Q U E E apostrophe for some reason S. <laughs> it's that guy to the game. <laughs> like, like it's it's.
2: Um... Well, there, there is good news. If anyone out there is yearning for the pre-marquee, pre- and post-game shows, you can still log on to Twitter, Instagram to watch a bald man yell at his phone about the Cubs bullpen. Referring <laughs> to None other than David Kaplan.
0: That his recap, the recap is sponsored. He's getting paid to do that. And it took what? Six episodes. I've, I've, I haven't actually watched one. But I, you can't avoid them on Twitter, so at least see what happens. It took six of them before his wife was on one instead, or with him. There was Mindy screaming at him. It's like, oh. Yeah, and I don't know if they had hired him, if then the idea would have been, all right, we're going to do more. I mean, Cole Wright, didn't he come from the NFL Network? So right there, so. You, right there, you've got a guy who is used to covering that league. It would be super easy to put a for, and a god knows you could shake a tree in Chicago and a hundred X Bears fall out of it with a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Just where do I plug in?
1: A one a microphone in one hand and a hand extended <laughs> for a check <laughs> in the other.
0: But it, it's I've said it before. It's like baseball season rolled around and they went, "Oh crap, that was this year. We're on." Oh well, let's see what we got. The the sheer lack of planning was amazing and um you know, I'm glad for for people who need Comcast to actually watch the games, but it, I it's still I don't understand. I'd like somebody to Comcast to explain the business rationale behind carrying them this year. Because it's what are they what is going gonna? who is going to watch this network when the games are over?
1: Which is might be next week.
0: Right. You could have paid for you know, I don't know what it is. It's probably a four-year deal where the first year you're going to get, you might get 20 games. You know, if everything goes horribly wrong, at the most you're going to get in the low 50s, and then nothing. But, you know, think good for Crane, although we have no idea what he got.
1: We don't know that deal, they didn't, that Comcast didn't just put them over a barrel. Well,
0: oh, I'm sure they did. Uh-
1: and they're just like, yeah, we'll pay you this. The Cubs
0: didn't have any leverage.
1: Had well, yeah, none. none. So I, yeah, I. It just feels. I mean, like they've known since they bought the team, they were going to start this network.
0: It was part of the reason their own inner reasoning as to why to do it. Right. It was one of the. One of the income streams. So yeah, even I mean, we can't. It's not even ten years ago. It, they started trying to buy this team what like 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's when the idea was, and they were still completely unprepared. When,
1: I mean, even even the studio even looks kind of like uh, just second rate. It doesn't it doesn't look with all this time and all this money. It just it looks it, look, it looks slightly above a college TV station. Really, it's
0: the, it's the waiting room of a Japanese tattoo parlor, <laughs> right? It's just all blue. It's just aggra- everything is aggressive. The color is blue. Uh, all their shows have exclamation points in the name. It's like stop yelling at us, both through our ears and our eyes. Right. I mean, it
1: it certainly wouldn't be hard to have spent a year just watching Nessun and Yes and Sports Time LA and see what they do. And okay, we're gonna do that. And they couldn't do it. <laughs> like they just they just. They've done none of it. They no. have that weird show from Vegas. Yeah. Right? Whatever that is.
0: Follow the money. With Mitch Moss and Polly Howard and sometimes Matt Yeomans.
1: I don't know who those people are.
0: They're gamblers. Okay, great. Um, They're guys so good at gambling, they tell you who to bet on. You know, mm. if they were good, they wouldn't tell anybody, they would just bet. Right.
1: Um, well, Comcast has their stupid betting show with the t- with the three people,
0: right? Yeah, and actually, the Vison one is much better. It's and I and I, and that one the the saving grace to follow the money is that it meant Molly and Huh weren't on because that was going to be the alternative, and that would have been completely you know follow the money is somewhat unwatchable. Molly and Huh would have been completely completely huh. unwatchable. <laughs>
1: uh yeah boy it's and then, and then not only do they have all this time and they got a bonus four months basically to like hey we you know no one's really paying attention now because there's no baseball we can we can ramp up some other programming we can try stuff I and mean, then this is what they got they have they have the countdown it's a bunch of counting down great cubs and great cubs moments and great this and then like, there's like ten of those you can do. Well, people and then what?
0: People would have watched, just just all right. Say so the the pandemic comes out of nowhere and holy crap, everything's screwed up. People would have watched a couple hours a day of people, t- you know, tan you know, t- tangentially related to the Cubs, guys who used to play for them, whatever, sitting around just bullshitting. People would have watched that. It wouldn't have been great, but people would have watched it. They would have had eyeballs, and they didn't do any of it. I mean, the closest thing they came was when they did whatever they called Cubs 360, and whatever, whatever that is, you got to see Bruce Levine turn bright orange. Bruce and his New Balances. Yeah, that was um, so. Here's a network, right, where the Len and JD have to wear suits when you can. You never see them. You see them <laughs> right. for like. Ten seconds at the beginning of the game, and then there's usually one cut in, and it's even harder when they're on the road because they're sharing a feed with the home team. So, you know, it's like, all right, guys, can you can you shoot, um, or is it, can we is it okay if we switch back to our guys for a while? Um, they have to dress like that, but Levine can just shuffle in from you know I don't know <clears throat> from the senior center with his tie-undone shirt half hanging out of his pants, and his freaking New Balances, and he just kind of slumps down on the couch to give you an update of stuff that you just already knew and didn't care about in the first place, and that's apparently quality TV. It was... Him shambling in and the opener, it, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I'm like, oh, this, the, uh, you can't be happy with this. Uh,
1: yeah, I... We haven't
0: seen I, him since, so maybe they, maybe they weren't.
1: Now, uh, I... I I have to admit that I I have the marquee app, and I only fire it up when the Cubs are on, and it goes off as yeah, soon as the game's over.
0: No, there's no reason uh, to watch. I mean,
1: but I yeah, but I, so I haven't like tuned in at Wednesday two two in the afternoon. I don't know why I would. Um, but it just seems to me like you. I mean, you know, to fill twenty four hours of programming every day, you. You would have, well, we live in Chicago. We have five sports teams, hell, six or seven, eight, count the sky, count the Red Stars, count all this. You know, why not just fill it with that? I mean, it doesn't have to be the Cubs 24-7 because you can't talk about a baseball team that much. But they seem
0: woefully underprepared.
1: But at the same time, I'm not shocked that Crane Kenny hired people as dumb as he is to run the network. Yes.
0: Guys who've already been ru- washed out of other places. Right. I can't believe he's available. Yeah. Well, there might be a reason. They,
1: they hired, I mean, I think they had the same policy for hiring the network that they did for getting guys for their bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, well, it didn't work there, but we'll get it to work. You know, instead of going young and creative and trying something new, they just, well, they were old and bad, and we're going to get them. <laughs> we're going we're to get them. We, we want this to be old and bad.
0: You know it's bad when you don't have a show as good as Beer Money. Because they don't. Even
1: even ironically.
0: Right. I mean, Beer Money, that's not good. And that show would be the best non-game programming (laughs) on Marquee. By a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I am. But the answer is is right out there. All you have to do, if you want to kill an hour or two a day... Pat Benkowski is out there. Uh yeah, you know, bars are still open, right? right? I mean if you serve food, Pat can like you could set it up where he like yells in a window trivia questions to people and you could just it would that would be better than what they have. He can pump uh, he can pimp Lansing Floral and um
1: Well, you know it's bad when they're Huck advertising restaurant. They're advertising the Cubs YouTube channel like they're going to we're going to have this on. It like like, like, before 2 in the morning. You know, like, like, like Comcast will stick the Hawks YouTube channel stuff on when there's clearly, like, a dead zone. Like, something got canceled, something got postponed, we've got to fill half an hour here, here you go. You know, games or something. They're like, oh, this is our primetime thing. Like, tune in. Tune in Tuesday at 7 o'clock because it's the Cubs YouTube channel. Well,
2: and and it's, it's all videos that are, like multiple years old on yep. their YouTube channel. Like, <laughs> right. They were promoting the, I think it was the Albert Elmora opening day 2019 cut that they've had <laughs> on their YouTube channel for a year and four yeah. months or whatever. It's like, Oh my God.
0: Oh
1: man. Yeah. It's, this is special. I mean, it's truly special.
2: <laughs> well,
0: and so what was the big programming that they, they teased all through opening day? It was, it was a Harry Carey documentary that was, where every time they showed you one of the, the people they were interviewing, you're like, I don't care what that guy has to say about Harry. And the the days of an interesting, uh, you know, like first person account of Harry's exploits are long gone because the people who were there for the good stuff are all dead. There is no <laughs> one around to tell you an actually interesting story about Harry. As, right. as much as I enjoy Chip having to tell, the only story he can tell about his grandpa was being at a Little League game and, and Harry didn't know who he was. I enjoy that story quite a bit. I've heard it. I don't need it again. So there's no reason to do it. And so they had that special that got absolutely no buzz because nobody cared. That, that 15 years ago, yeah, people would have cared. But no, he's been dead for 22 years.
1: Yeah, and Harry killed all the people that would tell you the interesting things because you just can't, you can't, you can't run with Harry for an extended period of time and and be alive. Like it just doesn't work.
0: All right, so the last thing on my list was uh-huh. um, the um, our annual Chris Bryant ambiguous Cincinnati injury. Um, a couple of years ago, it was when he uh, crashed into the bag. At first. Um, and then now we've got the the ominous. Oh, there's something wrong with one of. It, it was a shoulder before. Now this time it's an elbow when he finishes his swing. That's not great.
1: Yeah. Not not the best.
0: Although he did, and you know, after one day rest, he looked like his old self again last night. Um, they're not playing today, so he gets another day of rest. But it's. It's troubling that even in a sixty game season we couldn't get him through without the Phantom. And I'm not saying it's I'm not saying he doesn't get hurt. He clearly does. It's not like he's he's not a wuss. But the Cubs forever have been so wishy washy about player injuries that much like the Bears with Jay Cutler, they because they won't get specific, they they allowed the meatheads to just decide, oh, this is not tough.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, oh, Javi's missing his. He's got He's got a slightly bruised foot. And then when he went and broke his hand, then they took a look at his foot and went, oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> why were you playing on that? Because you told me I could. That's why. <laughs> you got Rizzo jamming a foot. Ankle that's four times the size of his shoe into his shoe and trying to play,
1: <laughs> trying to play, and they're like, "Yeah, well, you'll be, you'll be fine." Just, while just. he has back spasms every year, yeah, every year, twice a year, he has back spasms. They don't seem to care. They don't want to seem to get to the root of it. Just something they're gonna live with. No, they just um, they
0: give they freshen up his my pillow, <laughs> right? And they go, "All right, go get him. This will be fine." Again,
1: this is supposed to be a forward thinking front office that runs its team in a progressive way. And it doesn't feel like they do. I mean, because you you look at the Dodgers and you're just like, well, that's what it's supposed to look like.
0: Yep. And that was not lost on me last night when the Dodgers kept bringing guys out of the bullpen. And you're like, oh my God, this guy would easily be the best pitcher on the Cubs. Throw
1: hard and and they're like twenty.
0: Right, and they just kept topping it. In fact, I don't even know who the last guy was. Number 77, pitched the last three innings, and was throwing, like, 97 in the third. You know, he was gassed, but he was still getting guys out. It's like, oh, God, there are teams that can do this. Wouldn't that be nice?
1: Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, But they, uh, yeah, it's, um, when we're saying this about a first-place team, you know, so I guess we should.
0: Right. Well, we're picking on the one, the big, the one deficiency, the one obvious deficiency. The I mean, Others can rear their heads, but I mean, otherwise my biggest complaint is that for some reason they insist on batting Jason Hayward sixth.
1: Yeah. I was getting a little annoyed about that last night too, when I saw it, cause it, cause there's no reason, but I, I understand batting Hap ninth with Bryant first because Hap should have yeah, a keep on base. Right.
0: He almost functions as the second. He's the leadoff hitter from the from the second go around on. Yeah, that's fine. That's why Hayward should just be batting eighth. I would be perfectly fine with that. But you bat him sixth, and he's all you know. He gets he he's clogging up the the middle of every rally. It's like oh god, here he is. I think
1: he hit a ball hard last night.
0: Yeah, he got his first hit, and he did drive in a run the other day with a ground ball to second because there was a runner at third with less than two outs. Like, oh, hey, actually, this could be useful. (laughs) This is perfect for you.
2: That's the thing with him, and I think we've talked about it on here. Like, if if he has to be on the roster, and obviously he clearly has to be on the roster, you at least have to use
0: him right. Right. It's like the other night, the game they almost blew, it gets late in the game, and the Reds score two runs late on a line drive to right field that Souza couldn't get within – 14 feet of that Hayward would have cruised under and caught. And it's like, why isn't he in the game? This is what he, we got the lead. They've gotten into the bullpen. It's pretty much all right handers now. Get him in. This is why, this is what he's here for. But no, he wasn't in.
2: I will say, I I never got super uh, heated, I would say, one way or another on the Madden lineup thing, but I do appreciate the consistency because you know, last year, Or any of the Madden years after that opening night game, you know, when they win three nothing or whatever, they would have come back the next day and it would have been Elmora leading off or Contreras. Well, I guess Contreras wasn't the bench, but anyway, like I do think the consistency matters. So I I have enjoyed that at least the one through
0: five. It did bother. It bothered me last night that Wilson wasn't in the lineup. Well, Russell. he did.
1: He had to catch for four right. hours. Yes, and
0: I understood that part. But that's why you just let him DH there. The, uh, yeah. the beauty of having the DH now is you, Wilson can pretty much play every day, and you can rest him more than you ever have before. But he's he's either your first or second best hitter right now. Play him. He's you now. There's only two months at the most. He's going to be okay. But no, he needed a complete day off for some reason. Oh, well. But, no, I do um, – I actually – other than the Hayward thing, I like the lineup. I like the – like I like the way they've got them deployed. Is, and they, it... do,
1: they do seem to be taking better at bats. They really do seem to be – I don't know what the numbers are. They might be striking out as much as they always do, but I, I, it does feel like they are racking up pitches yes. on these guys. Okay, they were never going to hit Sonny Gray last night. Okay. That's Sonny Gray. He'll do that to you. But, like, everyone else, it really feels like they've
2: really run them through the ringer.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's been refreshing. It looks like the their approach is finally back to twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Hashtag remember.
2: keep the approach going. That's
0: right. <laughs> I don't know where it went, but it does appear to be back. And maybe it's as simple as batting guys lead off who shouldn't be there somehow screw up everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because once you put a guy a leadoff who's willing to look willing to take pitches and go deep into account, it everybody seems to do it. It's the same guys. They're just batting in a different order and it's a completely different approach. Maybe it's, you know, I don't, I don't think the Brewers have real good pitching. I think, I think Woodruff is pretty good. Um, Not great, but good. And they, they got the tail end of the Reds rotation to start. So maybe that had something to do with it. But
1: but the Brewers starters, I, I, I guess I was dismissive of them. The Brewers starters at least have stuff. I mean, they all throw hard. Yeah. They, they have do, stuff. Uh, and, like, I feel like the, we would have seen Cubs teams last year, like, just go up there and hack yeah. And like, curveballs out of the zone and high fastballs. And, like, these guys would walk like two guys. Like, they would get five or six innings out of these guys. And you'd be like, and they'd have, have, like, 60 pitches. So, at least, like, they were good enough to, like, allow them to pitch themselves out of the right. game.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's been the big difference where last year when they would have got this caliber of pitching, they wouldn't have worked it. So it's a great, it's a great sign that they have. I oh man, can we
1: imagine how bad this Fox digital crowd is? Like I'm watching Cleveland and Minnesota as we do this. And like, it's just like so bad.
2: That's horrible.
1: It's like, we know the stadiums are empty. You don't, you don't have to like try and trick us. It's okay. We're at home. We're on TV. You know, we we're, watch- we're watching on TV. Like it's a TV well, product. You get it. The
0: the dirty little secret about it that Joe Buck let out of the bag on a podcast. I don't remember. I think it was Jimmy Trana's podcast. They're just practicing for NFL games.
1: Yeah, this but it's going to look even it's going to look any better for NFL games.
0: No, I get the biggest difference in the NFL games is most of the shots you won't you like you won't see it when they're not doing it. Where in baseball because they don't do it behind home plate. most right. of the time you don't see it so right. then it's 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 like jarring when all of a sudden you do see it <laughs> right. whereas for football and it it would it would be the same I don't know if if they're I don't know if fs one did it for soccer ever. That would be another sport where it would be easy to shoot it tight enough most of the time that then when you do decide to pan back, that's when you turn the digital crowd on and you start to get that feeling of, oh, all right, there's an atmosphere there. But with baseball, when 90% of the time you're seeing the empty seats, then when all of a sudden they shoot the outfield and there's fake people out there, it's like, oh, well, thanks for the fake people.
1: Right. Uh, ESPN did it for soccer, but FS1 did not. Neither did NBC. It just looks bad. I mean, like... I don't I understand the fake crowd noise because I don't know that I like it but I understand it because these it is so quiet and it feels like there's such dead air yeah like you, you like it's so quiet without it like you feel like your TV's blinked off you know <laughs> like you like you like, like look up like did my power go out um so I understand like having the, the constant murmur kind of a crowd but like the like you know the, the fake audience is just like we know what we're watching
0: Like, yeah. come on well, and, and because the Cubs and Brewers got chippy on Saturday, Major League Baseball asked the Cubs to turn the fake crowd noise up, up. on right. Sunday. So that they'd try to drown it out because they could hear each other all the time. It's like, uh, yeah, no, we don't need to do that. These are big boys. They should be able to handle this.
1: I mean, they're not really, but. <laughs> like, but uh,
0: no. But overgrown children, the but. Brewers do seem to enjoy hitting the Cubs. They do. They do do it a lot. And um, my solution for that would be, because you saw Joe Kelly got suspended eight games, which is a, I mean, for the Dodgers, it's, they're like, oh, good, we don't have to pitch Joe Kelly for eight games. Right. But if it was a good player, that would be a significant suspension. So I think that if if the Cubs need to settle that with the Brewers, you simply send Ross over to beat the hell out of Craig Council. Because that I know he would do. That I know he would do. There are Dave Ross may be a lot of things, but he is not being tough is not one of the things. He's <laughs> he's he's a tough dude.
1: Um. Yeah. Well. Whatever. Fuck Joe Kelly. What a fraud. And I'm
0: surprised he yeah. didn't. Bra- i he didn't break a window. <laughs> right. He's he pulling a Dylan Maples.
1: So. Well, uh, I think we've come. I
0: think we've come full circle. We're back to the
1: bullpen. Yeah. So.
0: All right. So the very last thing I wanted to say was the schedule coming up here for our beloved Cubs.
1: Should it happen?
0: Yes. Would would be very um, advantageous. They get the Pirates, who are terrible. Are very very much not good. Then they get two with the Royals at home. Then they go to they chase the Royals back to Kansas City for two more. So that's seven. Pretty easy games right in a row before three with the Cardinals who uh, seem to be in, uh, enjoy um, not scoring runs in Minnesota, which has been a lot of fun. I
1: th- I didn't realize until this week that like, I I thought, okay, we're playing each, everyone in the division 10 times. So that's five home, five away, but it's not.
0: No, it didn't. It, the way they did the schedule makes no sense.
1: So like, I would have thought to, to, to restrict travel. Why not just show up in Cincinnati and play for five days? Yeah,
0: that's how it should have been. That's how I Knock thought. Knock it out.
1: Was be. Um, so they play seven games in Cincinnati and they only three here. Well, why does that make any sense?
0: No. And they play. They get the Brewers and Cardinals seven times at Wrigley and only make one trip to Milwaukee and St. Louis for three. And
2: and you'll be stunned to learn that Brewers fans have been bitching about that on Twitter for a couple of weeks now.
0: Especially when there's no home field advantage, really. Right so it really doesn't, other than you get to bat last.
1: I mean, sleep in your own bed, I guess. Um, but it's what? weird for everyone. I mean, all the protocols are... Yeah.
0: I mean, the brewers could easily just go home every night. They could. So, um, so they can't yeah, even use I, that excuse.
1: I, I would have thought you would have tried to restrict time on planes and buses as much as you can, so do three and two, or just ha- knock them out all at once.
0: Yeah. No, they, um, they made... Okay, so a 60-game schedule. The, th- the thing you'd be worried about is strength of schedule could play a huge part in this. And the the way to mitigate that would have been to have had everybody play um, the same amount of games at home and away against their interdivisional opponents and to play the uh, the other league's teams the same amount of times. The math was pretty easy to do both things. They didn't do either. <laughs> they didn't do either. <laughs> so... If you're the Cardinals, you get 6 games with the Royals, which should be a nice advantage while
1: especially in 60 games.
0: The Cubs get 6 with the White Sox, which eh, might be could be tough, might not be. The Brewers get the Twins for 6. That's not great for the Brewers. No. And it didn't right, ha- it didn't the right have to be that way. It, yeah. It's it they they made it more difficult on themselves too building the schedule this way. The other thing is with the five game blocks, which I think we all thought they were going to do, it would have been easier to build in kind of a regular off day. Which yep. would be advantageous that every few days you get that day off, or that's the day you make up games, because it's the summer, and it's going to rain, as everybody's finding out. Plus the fact now you've got to factor in these COVID cancellations. So... Right. I don't know how you're going to. They, you could have had people have. It would have been easy to have to have done it so that everybody in the same, you know, the the central teams all have the same off day. And be well, and, but you'd still have games to watch because the East and the West could be playing on that day, and the East teams all have the same off day, and the West teams all have the same off day, and then it's easy to make up games. They didn't do that.
1: Right, but like you don't, and you don't have to have. Your Monday through Thursday and your weekend series. Who cares? No one's going to these games. Like you can play them whenever. Right. I mean, I, I would think... You can
0: have, I, I would, you I, could have a
1: Friday through Tuesday series. Yeah. First.
0: You know, I don't know. I can't imagine Friday baseball games, although I guess if, you're not, if you can't go anywhere, maybe the ratings are high, it wouldn't be a big deal to have an off day on a Friday when it's just a TV crowd. Right. You know, Sunday you have to play in the day because, God forbid, anybody program against ESPN. But
1: God forbid. So, anyway, what a what a what a league! What a time to be alive.
0: So, if if baseball's still rolling a week from now, um, <laughs> hopefully the Cubs have done well and are playing and ambulatory and all that good stuff. Because, um, yeah, now is the time to make some hay. Now the guys are going to be exhausted, though. They do play seventeen games in a row, and it's they're tired because it's not like they just had four months off. <laughs> Just waiting for Jed and Theo to start playing that violin. Alright. All right. Well thank you guys. Another Sterling edition. Absolutely. Happy to be thank here. You. And we yes. will uh we will catch up again next week. Can't wait. Alright, thanks guys.
2: Okay.